You're listening to Culture Matters, a podcast of the Village Church Resources. This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-host, the Adam Hawkins. And we're also in the studio today with two legendary Christian music artists, Isaac Wimberly and Daniel Clay. Isaac and Daniel, it is so good to have you guys here. Oh, man. I feel like I'm glowing. Would you sign my podcast script? I'd love to. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Hey, I have a question to get us started real quick. Adam, today we're talking about music. What was the first concert you ever went to? Mm. one of two. Okay, give me both of them. And I can't remember which one I went to first. Okay. I went to see Pearl Jam. Oh, what age were you at Pearl Jam? Super young. Like my parents had to I take feel like me. this is a recurring theme with you. Yeah. I was exposed <laughs> Probably to too young. super young. And I was in seventh grade. Okay. Maybe younger than that, actually. Maybe sixth grade. Okay, and so my the parents 10 had album? to take us. Okay. Uh, and uh, I still remember Rodman got on stage. Dennis Rodman? Yeah, because he was a huge Pearl Jam fan, and it was sort of weird, and like the crowd was like, this is strange, uh, but it was great. And he had this whole story, like he talked about, it, he had this whole story where he was really depressed and, and contemplating suicide, and he put a Pearl Jam album in and it like saved his life or something. Wow. So like, this, it was just strange. It was that High five, Eddie Vedder. The other one was, it, it was a weird time in my musical life, and uh, the other one was a band called... Um, Oh, what was it? It was either a band called Mineral or Gloria Record from Austin. So it was an indie band. They were amazing. So you were cool from birth, huh? No, I wasn't. Uh, I had friends who were cool. Isaac, you've been a lifelong musician, extremely gifted, talented in every way. What was your first concert experience? Where'd you go? Where were you first exposed to music live? Um, I saw Carmen. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. That was that was my uh, oh man, her first music. Where was concert. that? I'm sure it was at um, I'm sure it was at Reunion Arena. Yeah, yeah. Were yeah. you up, were you up front going crazy? Uh, no, probably not. I think I was this young. My dad was a youth pastor, and so we'd always go to like to the Christian concerts. So Al Denson, Jeff Moore in the Distance, and all <laughs> of those things. I have no idea what any of that means. And I, I remember Al Denson came to Greenville, where I'm from, Greenville, Texas, and and did a concert and I remember him like using some of the bits like today I was at the mall and I just remember thinking like man that would have been crazy to see Al Denson at our mall <laughs> <laughs> and then the next night we went over <laughs> we saw him at Reunion Arena and he was like man today I was at the mall and I was like what? <laughs> <laughs> he goes to the mall and he's a liar <laughs> he's using the same bit <laughs> that's so funny Daniel how about you buddy? What was yeah. your first concert? I think I was in eighth grade. A friend of mine um, and his dad, his dad took us to see Creed. Oh, yes. In Lubbock, Texas. Arms the greatest open, Christian dude. band ever. It, it really was. Um, was it pretty crazy? It was crazy. Uh, Did I he fr- talk about how Eddie Vedder was uh, a great influence on him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Creed. It was money. It was Creed? Was yeah. it great? It was, it was great. It was fantastic. It was my favorite. Uh, the Human Clay album, I think, had just come out, and it was like my favorite thing your name in the sake. world. Yeah, that's that awesome. Too. What was the first I, I, song on that album? Um, Name any song on that album. What was any song on that album? Well, that was uh, that was their brand. Arms Wide Higher. Open. That okay. was Arms Wide Open. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I loved that first Creed album when that came out. I really digged it. I thought it was great. Well, we all we were like, they're believers, mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, you guys are so much cooler than me. My, my first concert was Oasis, and they canceled the first night because. Oh, uh, dude, well, that's the best. That is amazing. It was pretty great. I was a freshman in high school. I was a little late wow. to the concert game uh, compared to you, but I loved it. I thought it was so much fun, and I'd never seen anything like it. But just a bunch of people jumping around and yeah. dancing, and they had so many hits on that album in my yes. mind. I just Mine loved too. it, man. It was so great. Well, today we're talking about music. In particular, we're going to talk about Christian music and some of the music projects represented in this room by Isaac Wimberly and Daniel Clay. So I'm really excited about this episode. A good friends that make really good music. Let's get right to it. All right, Isaac, Daniel, you guys are in here for a reason, and it's not just because you guys are insanely gifted, but you guys are producing new music. You guys are making new things, but you also know more about uh, the Christian music scene than I do, and I really want to—I think it's an important aspect of Christian culture that a lot of people probably don't really understand the inner workings and, and the business aspect of. I mean, there's so much to it that's probably nitty-gritty and ugly, and I don't, we don't need to get into all that, but— I feel like when you talk to somebody who doesn't know about the Christian music world and you tell them that there's this whole world of Christian music, I think their first reaction is usually like, oh, that sounds incredibly lame. That sounds, I don't know, <laughs> just sounds lame. Is is the Christian music scene lame? Is it like, hey, there's there's good music and then there's Christian music like 10, 10 degrees down? Is it a lame version of regular good music? What do you guys think? In the microphone. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah. Put me on the spot here. Um, I would say it seems to me, by and large, uh, Christian music isn't lame so much as that it's um, similar from across the popular landscape. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like you could turn on any artist and it could be any other artist. Oh, God. It's like derivative. Sense. It's just kind of like, yeah. It kind of sounds the same. And then in, in my estimation, the things, the Christian music that I'm into uh, is not popular. So it's, it's like gotcha. the, the sort of cool, again, this is me talking my own opinion. Uh, sort of what I, what I find cool is like very, you have to like look for it really hard. Gotcha. It's not out front. Um, so that's probably all I will say. On that are you front. guys? Are you hesitating because you think you're gonna like? Are you poking? Am shooting I, yourself in the foot. That's that's what you're doing, dude. Is Tom gonna hear this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also this fear in me that I'm, I'm gonna say something as if I've mastered. Oh yeah, the art of what cool has the music coolest is. Christian music. Yeah, <laughs> producers as, around as the authority <laughs> on cool Christian music. Isaac, what do you think, man? You know, I, I mean, I think that like what's interesting about Christian music is that that all. All of music is this expression of art, and so, and so you're writing um, kind of what what is what is on your heart, and and what's interesting is like that the end product then will be classified into a certain genre of music, and so you have if you if you wanted to write about love, then you have a lot of different genres that you can choose from, and and they would base your sound off of. Um, the sounds that you're using or, or the style of music. Um, yet, if you go to one thing and saying, yeah, what's on my heart right now is to, is to glorify God or to, mm-hmm. to write about a Christian life experience, then it goes, cool, well, then it's under Christian and gospel and it fits here. And so, so while, while there is like a kind of a general aspect of like, um, of, of a lot of it sounds the same, there are some people that are doing different things, yet at the end of the road, it just kind of funnels right back into this Christian genre instead of a, a country or a hip-hop or electronic or all the different things. It's Christian and gospel is one thing, and then yeah. everything fits into um, that just based on what 
the product is is saying. The content. So that's yeah. what's so interesting. You know, I don't know, and this may not even be true, but what uh, to what Isaac's saying is like when I was younger and playing in bands, like I remember. Um, you could be like there were lots of indie bands who were like Christians. Mm-hmm. They were playing like indie music, and so maybe it wasn't there. Like maybe it wasn't. Not every song was necessarily like a Christian song. But if you said Christian music, you meant a genre. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. it had its own connotation. I don't know that that's true or not anymore. But like to that point, it's like I like people didn't want to be classified as right. a Christian musician because they felt like they'd be pigeonholed or something. Like I remember you know what listening I mean? to Pedro the Lion. I don't know if sure. you guys ever listened to that. I love Pedro the Lion. And people were like, oh, this is just, it just breaks all the barriers of, because he wasn't going, hey, this is an explicitly Christian band. It's going to play sure. at Christian festivals. Yeah. And so it was like kind of the festival scene and the CCM magazine scene. That's where, that yes. was one thing and the radio scene. Yeah. And then there was other guys who would say, maybe even uh, to their detriment would say like, I don't want to be yeah. associated with that, but maybe what they wanted to be was not associated with this genre. Well, I'd want to talk more about this, but before we do, let's talk about why you guys are in the room, because I think this is uh, really helpful for those who may be listening who might be the three people in the world who haven't heard of you guys and don't listen to your albums. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Isaac Wimberly actually works with Adam Hawkins at the Village Church Plano, soon to be Citizens Church. I work for Isaac. You work for Isaac. I think that's that's a funny joke. Uh, So Isaac and Adam work together there and uh, what's great about Isaac is he not only writes and makes his own music and, and plays it and performs it but he's also a worship minister he leads worship on Sundays and the same is true for Daniel Clay Daniel Clay is an exceptionally gifted musician an incredible songwriter and he works with me at Eastside Community Church leading worship on Sundays and so there, these are kind of different realms too of, of worship music and producing new Christian music and so Daniel leads uh, a band and writes with a band called South of Royal with a lot of guys he goes to church with yep. and Isaac has a band with a lot of uh, men and women he goes to church with that they just call Wimberly, and so it's easy to remember. It's his last name, yep. and so they selfish is what I call it. Selfish is that right? <laughs> it's named after my dad. It's named after your dad. I like that. <laughs> That's I like it. <laughs> That's awesome. Named after my dad. Uh, but we have both these guys here for a reason. We we love them. We love their insights into this world. But they're both great musicians and great worship leaders. So tell us a little bit about you guys' background into Christian worship music or Christian music in general. We talked about your first concert experience, and Isaac, you talked about your dad was a youth pastor, and so you were always exposed to these things. I felt like I didn't have any clue Christian music existed for the longest time in my life. Adam, I don't know about you. That was the exact same with me. I didn't even know it was a th- I mean, like, I think I knew of, like, DC Talk or something, but it was just, sure. like, that's the only one. I didn't know of anything else, you yeah, know? Yeah, me either. And maybe the uh, access to the internet has made these things more pervasive sure. and accessible and radio stations existed. Maybe I didn't know about, but what was your relationship like with Christian music growing up? Yeah, um, I, I grew up. In a, in a in a household where where my family loved music and my my mom and dad would use music a lot to teach um, me life lessons and or or just to shape the culture um, and so I've I've talked about it before just about we moved to a town when I was young and and um, it was a town that was notoriously racist and and so my dad would use music actually to introduce me to different cultures and so if I said I like the Beatles and he would introduce me to the to the Beatles, but also to Chuck Berry. And um, and then even, like, when I got into, like, oh, I love New Kids on the Block, he would also show me, like, The Boys or or someone like that, would that just to, to use music to introduce to different cultures. And then there was a time where I, I would would like certain styles of music. Um, and so 
really what I gravitated towards was hip hop. And so um, there were there were some hip hop artists in original gospel gangsters and um, and my dad would would want. Of course, I wanted to listen to Snoop Dogg and whoever else. But <laughs> but my dad would would. You would curated try to use, your listening. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like by this, and then we had CD players with the thing that popped up on the top, and so I would put, <laughs> I would put Snoop Dogg's record in or CD cover in, it with and little... then cover it with original gospel <laughs> gangsters. <laughs> listen right. on headphones. And it's like, yeah, it's great beat. Um, <laughs> um, but just music was was really all around. Now I loved um, a lot of the stuff that was happening in Christian music, um, and so like the DC Talks and the Audio Adrenalines and. And then even later on with um, with what Switchfoot was doing, mm. and so I I really loved what Christian music um, was at least attempting to do during during that time. And so this was really before the um, the rise of I would I would I'm going to label it just the worship music um, scene. And so you weren't getting that style of music a lot. Um, and so it was only happening um, with certain artists like Newsboys and and things like that. And so growing up um, a Christian kid. Um, and not being able to um, to really go to the Pearl Jam concerts or anything, not being allowed to do those things. At least you had DC Talk, who was trying to be genuine in their approach of musicality. Um, and so I loved loved DC Talk um, when when I was in school, and even even the Audio Adrenaline and the Newsboys, and um, and then the original Gospel Gangsters. All of them at least were trying to to have an authentic approach to music and not necessarily trying to copy what was happening. So, I mean, I think a lot of people would say that DC Talk um, was trying to copy like what Nirvana was happening, but that was just a genuine thing that was happening in music and and DC Talk just brought some really cool flavor um, to what was already happening in music. So so my relationship with Christian music started um, when I was a young age. And so, and, and, then, and then not only that, my mom was just, really into like Sandy Patty and um and then you know she she also would listen to like the Bonnie Raitt and and those things but um you know my mom played piano at the church every weekend and so um just was around music a lot growing up. Daniel did you grow up around Christian music was that something normal for you to hear your parents listening to it or you be exposed to it? Uh no I mean I was about to say you'll hear um why Isaac and I are so similar uh my mom played piano in the church growing up. Dad sang in the choir, and that's about where our similarities uh, stop. Um, I grew you up listening to Snoop Dogg. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> my brother, on the other hand, was. I saw the fallout, and Is that right? my parents were not happy about that. I was like, you know what? Not worth um, the trouble. Travis. Tripp. I grew up listening. I mean, a lot of George Strait, a lot of Tim McGraw. Um, I, I listened to a ton of acapella. Really? Uh, the group acapella. Um, which oh, was is, a group called acapella? Yeah, they're called acapella. They they came up with the name. Um, <laughs> so they, uh, I, I ate acapella up. I ate barbershop up. I just loved it and uh, listened to a ton of it. And then really uh, Christian music was just the, our hymns that we sang at church. That was mm. like my only exposure was what we sang at church. And yeah. then I remember it was, oh gosh, I, I got my first acoustic guitar and um, I was listening to like a lot of, Dave Matthews, the sure. like every Live white guy College. with an acoustic yeah. guitar. I mean, yeah, just like I love had Live the whole Luther. song book with the tabs <laughs> and just like going for it. And then I came across uh, Shane and Shane Psalms album. Yeah, and I was like, oh, they're they're like actually playing their playing guitars, guitar. Yeah. yeah, and it's rad and like they're singing stuff that doesn't sound so like syncopated. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you could do that hmm. in like Christian 
music. Yeah. And so that really stoked the fires for me of, man, you can, you can kind of go for it a little bit. You can explore some things. And, and that was kind of how, that was my experience with Christian music growing up. Well, we talked a second ago, too, about how it's it's become, or maybe not become, but it is a genre, kind of pigeonholes a band. Like, if you're a Christian band, oh, you're in this genre, regardless of what your style of music, your instrumentation might be, uh, whatever rhythms or melodies you're using. Do you guys think there's a problem with that? Or is that is that helpful? Should there even be, Adam, maybe you can help us out with this. Should there even be a genre Christian music? Or should it just be like, here's a rap album, and the lyrics are... I think, I think what... This is totally subjective. I like the idea of contemporary Christian music. I like that category, but I think it is a genre. And they all, it's what Daniel said at the very beginning. I think the landscape sort of all sounds the same. But I don't think Christian hip hop should necessarily be labeled mm. Christian hip hop. Or I don't think an electronic band who sings about Christ should be labeled Christian music. There was a guy, there was an indie band called Danielson and Ships and was one, a big album for a while. And uh, he still, he, he graduated from like an arts college and it's super avant-garde it's like really strange and weird music uh or some of it is some of it's a little more poppy but he gave an interview once and he's like why is it that just because i sing about christianity every time you guys interview me and talk to me about it i have to explain what i mean and yeah. what Christ but if you were to interview a person who's singing um uh like rastafarian music or or whatever uh reggae you don't yeah. ask them about their Rastafarian beliefs every yeah. single time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And so I I think it's important for Christian artists to be Christians and that that's an important thing to them. But I just think it's limiting in terms of what – the land, I really do believe the landscape has changed. I yeah. don't think everybody's just trying to copy you 2 like they did for like sure. the last, you know, for five yep. years. Everybody was trying to do that. But maybe everybody in music was trying to do that. But there was a sense in which when – I'm with Daniel. We kind of just, it was hymns when I was growing up. I didn't even know there was such thing as like sure. Christian music or whatever. And then I do think there were a lot of people who were just trying to copy what was popular and put Christian lyrics onto it. And it could have been sing, sung to a girl and all those kind of things. But there were also a lot of people who were doing interesting things in music and they got pigeonholed and actually kind of hurt, hurt them a little bit. Well, and I think one of the interesting things, at least my experience in the last 10, 20 years with Christian music, is it has felt like, and there may be a reality to this, that those people who were categorized as Christian contemporary music artists were playing the same music, just not as well, and not only a lyrical difference. That, I think but it felt like, true. hey, Mumford and Sons are singing about a lot of spiritual stuff, but you'd never put them in a Christian category because people were like, but they're I don't know. They just seem more gifted than what you put in the Christian good. category. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Sufjan Stevens or somebody like that who's yep. writing very spiritually exactly. deep, very Christian lyrics, at, at least at a lot of points, or Ben Harper, uh, a lot of these spiritual tones to his music. But you put them just in general folk category. And it felt like was Christian contemporary a genre for people who couldn't quite make it outside of that category. And it felt like that was a reality for a while. I don't think that's the reality. I really hope not. I hope yeah. not. we're not saying that, hey, if you're making something explicitly Christian, it also means explicitly not as good as what the rest of the world is producing. I sure. want us to be good producers of art. But do you feel like there are, for a Christian who's approaching making music, have you guys seen guys struggle with the label of uh, this is going to be a Christian album? Has that been hard for guys that you've talked to or for yourselves? Yeah, I mean, I think that like, uh, one one of, one of the things, and and kind of going back to like, when you're creating you're creating things with like the destination in mind, and and knowing that the destination will be limiting. I mean, and think about it, even in other things like if if you were starting a restaurant, and regardless of how good the restaurant is, it's like it's going to end up being kind of 
put into a certain category sure. of, of like, well, it's going to be this style of restaurant, you know? And yeah. and then where where like across the board there is already kind of some predetermined things about what this category of restaurant is, um, which which I would say is less than, you know, mm. it's like or or a knockoff version. So of like the like real a fancy thing. hot dog restaurant, right? You'd be like, listen, you're just gonna be a hot dog restaurant. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> want to be a sit down place yeah, with waiters? Wanna, yeah, and you'd be like, okay, like you have no idea about our hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. This so idea good. is the best. It's another level. <laughs> yeah, and so and so I think with all of art, you know, it's it's like you want to have the destination in mind. I think that that's one of the important things about being an artist is is the fact that like yes, a lot of people can write, um, and then a lot of people can figure out their vehicle. But can you get that put? put what your ideas into a vehicle and have that vehicle land at a destination. Mm. And so for our, um, for, for me, I mean, kind of what I have been around is the church growing up. And so I see a lot of, of real struggles within the church and a, a lot of the people that I love to, to write for is, is the church. And so with a, with a lot of the stuff that we write, it's like with the church in mind and, and, and so that they're going to consume um, at the end. Um, but yeah, I think that like having that destination being one of the things, knowing that, uh, well, w- this art will be kind of cut out of people's minds from the get go. It can be defeating some, but I mean, art is just writing and, and figuring it out and not worrying about it. So I think this will be a helpful distinction between some of the work you guys do. That's a little bit differently. Cause you just said a lot of the music you write, you're thinking with the church mm-hmm. as the end in mind, you're writing music thinking like, I want my church singing this. This is worship music and that's not all Christian music but that is a beautiful part of Christian music Daniel yeah. is that the same way when you guys write you and Stephen Cooper South Royal are you guys thinking hey we're going to write a song to be singing on Sunday no and that was one of the dis- distinctions I wanted to make earlier about Christian music in general it's like um, your song we, we tend to think if your song lands in a church setting where all the churches everywhere are singing it that's that's when you know you made it. You've got a great song. It's like yeah. if all the churches are singing it, that's the end goal, um, which is a natural barrier to the limits, like that you can push sonically or lyrically. Um, which is it is what it is. It's not. I don't even think it's a bad thing. I just think it is what it is. And so for us and for me, when when I'm writing with specifically South of Royal, which uh, needs to be said, this is just one avenue, uh, one outlet of my writing. Right. You know, it's not like uh, this is an all-consuming thing for me. But especially with South of Royal, what I'm thinking most of all and what we're thinking most of all as we're writing is not so much um, will people sing the song on Sunday morning in the gathering, but will they sing it on their drive to work on Monday morning? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the, the kind of songs we're writing. It's not so much just corporate gathering, um, both with, again, sonically and lyrically, but just for the personal believer in their devotional life. Will this song be encouraging? Will it lift their heads? Will it meet them in a dark space um again if you just lost your job and you're driving home would you put on our music yeah or would you wait to sing it on sunday with the church yeah um and so that's kind of the the angle that we take in, in a lot of our Do writing. you guys dichotomize like would those i almost in my own mind find it helpful that's what i was trying to say earlier and i'm wondering if you guys do do you guys kind of would it almost be a different genre so like i i'm making these terms up because i don't know but like would one be considered like worship music i know that's probably bad but like i'm writing it for a church to be sung corporately mm-hmm. and one is like it's something Christian else pop. Yeah. yeah 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 right like wouldn't you even think of those maybe sure. differently or totally. not i don't know yeah mm-hmm. so you're saying wimberley would fall more into a christian worship album and south Roy would fall more into a christian pop album i'm not saying that you're asking I don't, that n- that is what I you're mean, saying I- <laughs> 
I, I think you know with with Wimberley, I think one of the things approaching um, even the band was the fact that like trying to take where the Lord um, has taken me musically, and so growing up a hip hop head, yeah, and then um, and then meeting some some guys that introduced me to. Um, or, I mean, I basically fell into the village church and started serving here and then working here, and it was awesome. But it definitely wasn't hip-hop. And then um, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of things. It was not hip-hop. <laughs> uh, and, and then meeting some guys that were doing spoken word and then learning how to, to write spoken word, and then but still loving hip-hop music and then doing, you know, leading worship for all these things. And so Wimberley is kind of hopefully just an expression where all of those things can can live, live together, you know, yeah. and so it's kind of saying like, yeah, I have an idea for a really good hot dog restaurant and a really good fried chicken restaurant and a really good Italian restaurant, and then yeah. like just come here. So I mean, I'm basically the cheesecake factory. I was about to say <laughs> that sounds like the cheesecake factory. Yeah, yeah. I'm, the cheesecake factory. I'm but, every man. I think there's also this sense really quickly where it's like uh, on Sunday morning as we think about our songs and writing and how we sort of pick even songs that we don't write and all this stuff. There's like this like. This pedagogical aspect to it—it's mm. like when we gather. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, sorry, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> this teaching component to what we're singing and saying on Sunday. Oh, you mean pedagogical? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've always wanted to be that guy. Um, no, we're like there, there's just some constraints to it, um, and I think that's probably another line of distinction too. Is man, you can't just like throw it out there on Sunday without any boundaries it's like yeah. no this we have to be specific on sundays mm. um and so that's probably another way i would label this this whole worship christian well, this is why i'm glad to have you two guys in here because just having two guys you're already talking about two different categories two different directions you guys take and mm. and that you guys have worked together for a long time and have made you guys have uh, been in the writing room together with the other worship guys at the village you guys have produced a new music worked on songs together and that you guys would take a different tack and different but in different situations mm-hmm. it's not that you couldn't write worship daniel or you couldn't write more pop and spoken word obviously mm-hmm. you guys would work on these two different things but any any Christian person approaching writing music, what do you guys wish somebody would have said to you early on as you're like, hey, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write a new song when it comes to categorizing your creations, when it comes to thinking about how this is going to fit into the spectrum of everything that's out there. What do you wish somebody would have said to you when you first sat down and said, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to write a song and it's going to be a Christian song? Um, I think I, I wish they would have said, write what you know. Yeah. Write what you've experienced and don't write what you th- don't write using words that other people say that you think you're a supposed cliche. to embody. Yeah. yeah. Just be um, as specific and personal um, as your writing needs to be. And that that will probably um, lead you down a better path than trying to to copy something or speak about things that you really don't even understand. That's what I would. That's good. Isaac, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of struggle is just finding your voice. And so um, I think any encouragement I give to, to young writers is, is, is hearing um, um, their voice or them trying to copy what someone else is doing. And, like, I just believe that across the board in, in a variety of different ways, but, but now just specifically about music, is that the Lord has just given each one of us a very unique and um voice uh, just a voice and and then he wants to use that voice to bless in different ways and and so like find it and then not being afraid to mm-hmm. 
even as we talk about like the landscape of Christian music, it's, it's like, well, I mean, just go for it. Just like write, write who you are and write about your experiences and then, um, not necessarily worry about. And so that, and that's always been a struggle for, for me is like, is like when you're writing, it's like, well, this is a worship tune and, and, mm-hmm. the, and the record's going to feel like this, or this is a hip hop tune and the record's going to feel like this. Yeah. And finally getting to a point where it's like, I just don't really care. I'm just going to be who I am. And you know what? I love hip hop music and I love worship music and I love electronic music and I love all these different styles of music. And, and sometimes when I sit down, it just comes out like this. And so yeah. just find your voice and then use that voice. That's good. Yeah. Well, I want to talk I wish more. I would have heard um, when I first started ring. Uh, I love you, son. And <laughs> this is a good profession, and it's one that you could, you, you should go it. after, and you can make it. That's yeah. what I wish I heard. Yeah, there's a lot of room for drummers out there. We need them. I'm mm. proud of you, <laughs> Adam. Just for the record, on the recording, I am proud of you. Oh, thanks, man. Man, you're you've got a future in music somewhere. I do. Yep. In heaven. Hey, what? I want to talk more about TVC Music and the projects you guys are working on now. But before we do, let's take a minute and talk about our sponsor. All right, let's talk about TVC Music, specifically South of Royal with you, Daniel Wimberly, with you, Isaac, Village Church Worship. What what are your different approaches? We talked about a little bit how they're different and how they're different to your specific bands and projects. But let's talk about the projects you guys are working on right now. Isaac, you have a brand new album that's coming out. You guys are promoting right now. Daniel, you just had a new one come, a uh, new single, uh, just a few months ago, and you guys are working on some new stuff coming out. That's right? Correct. Right. So, t- Isaac, let's start with you, man. What's going on with the new album from Wimberley? Yeah. So, um, I've been traveling with the same group of. Uh, folks for a few years now primarily just doing camps and in different events and things like that and so about a year and a half ago we decided um to maybe try to find a sound and so we partnered up with a guy named chad copeland to help us um discover that sound and um and and yeah like 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 i was saying it's just a lot of different influences um uh, a lot of different musical influences just in myself which i i kind of want to find an avenue where all those can live um, harmoniously, um, and so, and and so, Wimberly is that. So we we have a um, a record coming out, which is kind of like the the first swing um, into uh, the landscape, and so it's kind of the first things on on the catalog, and and it's just a wide range of of different sounds, and so from the electronic sound to there's a couple of just more corporate worship type songs on there. There's like more of like the singer songwriter um, song that that we put on there. And just kind of want to want to want to go for it um, a little bit, and so that that's the project that we're on um, right now. It's called the Return. It comes out um, in May, finally. But May yes. what date? So will that it probably will be out by the time this this episode comes out. Where 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 will people find it? They find it on Kazaa. We download it. We're mm. at, we're at Hastings and the Blockbusters. <laughs> and we sent out all of our Best physical <laughs> Sam goodies. <laughs> um, I think that it's found on the World Wide Web. Okay, good. Yeah. So if somebody searched Wimberly, what's your website? Uh, Wimberly Music. Wimberly Music. Dot com dot com yeah. you may own tw- that may 24th i own that may 24th it comes out that's awesome daniel what's uh what's south of royal been working on and what are you guys doing right now yeah we're demoing songs right now we'll go to the studio um in july second or third week of july um yeah just writing songs i think right now we're you know beating up lyrics and coming up with sounds and doing all that stuff and i think if i could this may not make any sense but it wouldn't be the first time. Um, <laughs> I I think what I've been thinking most about is we've been writing for this 
most recent project is I spend so much time thinking about um, what will this mean, how to say it better, what kind of questions will I have to answer for saying this, how could we diagnose this, how could we theologize this, and I think the image that keeps coming to my mind as we have been writing this last album is uh, the image of walking to the Grand Canyon. It's like there's a sense of all you get just from seeing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't need someone next to me telling me, you know, giving me the history of uh, the canyon and uh, how erosion works over time to make me more filled with awe mm-hmm. at the canyon. Um, and so even like from our previous projects to this one, I think lyrically we're just trying to, to go for it a little bit more and try to create a little more sense of um, all without diagnosis, That's if good. that makes any sense. Can I ask a little bit about the collaborative process? And Adam, I'd love your input or questions on this too, but you guys have been part of the Village Church staff for a while, and now you're with me at Eastside, and Isaac, you're about to roll off with Citizens Church. But you guys have been part of uh, rooms where you sit down together and talk about writing, and you try to write together. And now in your projects with Wimberley, you talked about finding your producer, which you guys use the same producer, I believe, right, South the Royal? That's correct. Okay, awesome. And Daniel, you have uh, you guys, you and Stephen Cooper write a lot together, but you guys kind of have teams of that. I, I imagine that would make things harder for me. Is that a challenge to sit down with a team, or do you guys feel like that makes it better? And Adam, you're a musician as well. You've been in a band. You guys have written songs together. I... I just don't know. If I'm a young songwriter, I'm thinking, I just want to crank this out on my own. I feel like it'll be easier. What's the benefit of doing it with a team of people? Well, I would say this. For me, and I think for most of the our South of Rural writing stuff, we seem to be most effective and I seem to be most effective when like, we're all generating our own ideas in mm-hmm. our own space and then come together and go, oh, that's cool. Oh, this could be cool if we tweaked it a little bit as opposed to like getting together and just trying to generate an idea all together, yeah. that is when... That's hard. That's just like roadblocks everywhere. Um, and so it's kind of a hybrid. I feel like writing by myself is where I'm most um, prolific. Mm-hmm. And then getting together with the crew and editing is it sharpens where it. it sharpens it. Yeah, and, it, and TVC Music also does like a theological edit. And we'll spend time talking with Correct. the theologians on staff. And we'll do demos that go to different groups of people. It's not yeah. done in any kind of like... It's no vacuum. Yeah, it's yeah. not a vacuum at all. It's done with a lot of collaboration. Adam, was that your experience as well? Writing? Uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, I, I... What I would say is I, I think there's all different styles and people do it differently. Collaboration is always good. It's always, let me say that differently. I think collaboration can always be a really helpful tool. Certainly when people, and you write differently, right? Like sometimes you just come in with like a guitarist has a cool lick and he's like, I really love this sound, this thing. And then you may build a whole song around that. Mm -hmm. Or it may be super intentional and somebody comes in and it's a really complicated compositional piece and they have everything, you know, built out, but maybe they don't have any lyrics. Mm. So, you know, I mean, there can just be so many it's ways. All you, over the place. You huh? can just be sort of like jamming in a room together late at night and something sort of starts to form and it's working and maybe you only use, maybe you're just sitting there for 10 minutes, everybody's just sort of playing and a song comes out and you use that, you know, you use one piece of that and it comes yeah. together. Or something. There's just so many different ways you write and I think everybody can, uh, every musician sort of has their preferred mm-hmm. way and different ways of doing it. I think collaboration can be really good. I would also say, though, that um, sometimes you have a very strong singular vision, mm-hmm. and that's where collaboration can, if you're not careful, it can actually um, – you just have to – you have to be brave sometimes and, and as an artist and just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to – 
this is what I want it to be and this is what I'm going to do. And um, I don't think that necessarily has to go against collaboration. I'm just saying sometimes with a song, there's such a strong singular vision. Yeah. You know, you can hear the thing in your mind. You know how you want it executed. And and that's great too. And so I would just say, I, I, I would never want anyone to be hamstrung by like, well, it's got to be this way or it's got to be. And I think it, listen, I think it's probably different when you're talking about music written for TVC when it's like a, you know, theological yes. edits and stuff like that. But those kind of things can also feel super heavy handed and can sure. feel like, you know, that's when the studio's like, you got to be a hit, mm. make it three minutes, da, 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 da. Sure. And so I think it's important. Both these artists, I think, would also say, yeah, that's great when for a particular time and place. But I also want to be able to write a song sometimes. You yeah. know what I mean? Does that make sense? I don't know. Well, I think I, sense, what, one of the things I appreciate about you guys is that you, uh, being an artist and, and working collaboratively, you guys work in a very vulnerable space. You're putting yourself out there and saying like, hey, here's something I wrote. And you're asking a group immediately, like, what do you think? Yeah. Is it even workable? Can we do anything with it? Is it good? And you got to trust the people around you to tell you, hey, that one just needs to end up on the scrap heap, or I think we can do better. And to say that to other people as well, it's a very vulnerable space. And then you're producing something that you're hoping someone else will listen to, and not just that it will edify or be helpful, but maybe even enjoyable that they'll come back to it. When Wimberly gets together, and it's named after you, is it just like, hey, this is Isaac's unique vision on where this album is going? Or do you feel like you're presenting some ideas that are bounced back and forth? Or is this project like a collaboration with you and Taylor Roark and the rest of the people in the band are they as much a part of this as anybody? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we all we all went in in together. I, th I think that it's a we all we all have our different strengths and and I've I've written with a lot of different people throughout the years and and so even like with Daniel, Daniel's one of my favorite writers. Um, and so even Did with you guys this, catch that yeah. <laughs> repeat that. Yeah. Yeah. He uses big words. Um, and so, and so, even like with this last record, I knew that there was going to be a point where I was like, I need Daniel to at least come in at the end and like help me. I think one one of the biggest things is like knowing that what you create is not who you are. And yeah. So, um, and so working Your with the team not wrapped up into right. it, right? Yeah. And so, like working with the team that is always pushing back early on, um, it it you know it was like offensive almost. It was like, wait, why don't say anything about my baby? You know, and then and no. so being able to kind of release your hands and and go, no, this is this is fine. Like, I, I want I want this thing to be the best it can be. And so now, even when I write, I mean, even if I'm writing my own, especially when it comes to like poetry and things like that, I will just stop mid, like in in the middle of it, and go and run it by a few people and go like, okay, is this saying what I think it's saying? And then where where would you like? Where's your mind already taking you? Just to make sure it lines up with where I feel like the the piece needs to go. And so, but with the with the Wimberley Project, um, the songs just came from a variety of different things. And so there was one where I just, I invited some people up that don't even really write a lot of music. And one of the songs, there's a song called Better One. Um, and it just came from, from some volunteers. And then there was a couple songs that we wrote as a band. Um, Eyes of Zion and My God. Lament is one that I actually wrote with Daniel and a couple other guys um, years ago. Um, and so, um, and then there's like more like the hip hop type stuff, which, which I, I write a lot of that stuff on my own. There's a song called Charlotte that is written about my mother-in-law who passed away. Mm -hmm. and, and so obviously I wrote that one on my own, but yeah, it's just, I think that writing is a discipline. And so mm -hmm. you want to write like as much as you can. And then you talked about the scrap floor where it's like, you need to learn also, it's like most of this stuff is going to end up on the scrap floor. 
And so if you're only writing one thing a month, then it's like, okay, well, that's probably scrap floor material. Mm-hmm. But if you write 100 things in a month, then then maybe you got a couple that you like um, that, that you'd be willing to kind of bring to a writing session with Daniel or with the band or whoever else. Man, I so appreciate the work you guys put into it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it is a discipline. It's not easy to sit down and write, let alone write something good. And you guys really are very gifted at it. So I appreciate both of you guys. Well, like we said earlier, Wimberley has a new album called The Return coming out in May. So make sure you check that out wherever you get your music and look for some more stuff from South of Royal later this summer and the Village Church Worship later this year as well. So we're going to conclude today's episode by listening to one of those songs, a new song from uh, Isaac's new album. It's called Ice to Zion. Zion? Live? Zion. Zion. You just want me to sing Live, right would now? you mind singing it? <laughs> Do it. Zion. It's, it's pronounced Zion. Zion. Eyes to Zion.
If there's anything you heard on the show that you'd like to know more about, you can find details on our website. Today's episode was produced by David Rourke and edited and mixed by Chris Starrett. We'll see you next time. God bless. <laughs>